Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Did you know that it's Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month? Macy's is highlighting some really cool AAPI-owned brands right now, like Cardon, Kaja, Amelia George, and Hey Meave. Whether you're looking for a good Korean skincare or affordable and trendy jewelry, they've got you covered. Plus, you can help to support college access and student success when you donate online or round up in-store to APIA scholars. APIA is the nation's leading nonprofit organization devoted to the academic, personal, and professional success of Asian American, Native Hawaiian, and Pacific Islander students. Shop Asian American and Pacific Islander-owned brands at Macy's.com or in-store. In celebration of Black History Month, Hyundai is proud to support the OWN Network. Have you ever thought about your car personality? What's your vibe? Do you like the classic fully gas-powered engine? Are you a best-of-both-worlds type? Driving on battery power while keeping gas on reserve? Or are you more inclined to choose a convenient hybrid ride? Whichever your vibe, there's a Hyundai Tucson to match and a powertrain to get you there. Okay, Hyundai! Visit HyundaiUSA.com to learn more about the 2023 Hyundai Tucson. The 2023 Tucson Plug-In Hybrid is only sold in California, Colorado, Connecticut, Maine, Massachusetts, Maryland, New Jersey, New York, Oregon, Rhode Island, and Vermont. Hey, y'all, and welcome to Trials to Triumphs. I'm Ashley Blaine Featherson Jenkins, but you can call me ABFJ. This week, my fearless friend, vegan food influencer, and best selling author of Feeding the Soul, Tabitha Brown, joins me to talk about living while we wait. So here's the tea right now, I'm in a waiting season, and at times, it feels frustrating and confusing. We're so used to insta this and insta that that waiting has gone from a fact of life to an inconvenience. We're so used to having things on our timeline that if we find ourselves waiting for anything, it can feel deeply unsettling. However, if we take a moment to be honest with ourselves, we'd realize that much of our lives are spent waiting. So why not learn to wait well? In our conversation, Tab reminded me that we cannot be stagnant while we wait because we still have work to do. I never minded the waiting season because what I learned was we got to live while we wait and work while we wait because we don't ever know when our time will come. But I'm grateful it didn't come when I wanted it to come because I wasn't ready back then. Tabitha's story proves that even when we find ourselves lying in wait, the pause is purposeful. The wait is precisely what prepares you to keep and carry your blessings. That time is never wasted. We must learn to let go of our timelines and recognize that it's okay if our dreams take a little longer than we planned. But if we continue cultivating them and faithfully press on, we will see results one day. I'm learning to see waiting seasons as a setup for all God has in store. And I'm hoping that you can learn to do the same. And in our Sankofa moment, Tab reveals the icon whose self-love journey has most inspired her. She's my my icon, honey, and she has inspired me. She still inspires me. I don't think that will ever change. 
Alba. Hi, sis. I am. I'm overwhelmed with joy. And it's interesting because joy is exactly what I want to talk to you about today. Oh, baby. Um, you to me are the personification of joy. You are walking joy. You are oftentimes a light amongst darkness. You're a light amongst light too, but you are someone who lives in your truth, which is joy and happiness and honesty and truthfulness in a way that I think will inspire many, many, many generations to come. And I'm so happy you're here. Yay, honey. Thank you. I appreciate that. You know, joy is my favorite thing. Yeah. Right. It's something the world didn't give us and the world can't take it away. It lives inside of us and it's ours. So Mm. absolutely. Do you remember when and how we met? The first time we met, I don't know if you recall this or not. There was a short film and there was like a screening at a YouTube studio. Mm, the one in like Playa was, Vista, that area, right? Playa uh-huh. Vista. Yep. That was the very first time I met you. And then I can't remember the second like official meeting. Do you remember the second official meeting? I, I feel like it probably had something to do with Aisha. I don't really remember, but I just always remember that whenever we saw each other, it was always just like family. It We never yeah. skipped a beat. Um, But you know what's crazy? I have to share this because I remember it was probably just before the pandemic, maybe. We'd been saying we needed to Mm -hmm. catch up. So we got on FaceTime. Yeah, we were Marco Polo. We were Marco (laughs) Poloing. Oh, do people even use Marco Polo anymore? Yes. (laughs) Oh my God. So I still use it sometimes. So we were Marco Poloing. We were like, you know what? We need to just get on the phone. And we got on FaceTime. And you were in your car. And you were telling me about the TTLA sandwich. From Whole Foods, which obviously, in some ways, I don't know if you feel this way, but in some ways for me, I feel like it's kind of like foundational into how people really got the essence of who you are and and just all that you want to really put into the world. But you were telling me the story and I was like, Tab, wait a minute. I don't even understand. You're (laughs) telling me this is the best sandwich you've ever had in the world and you're vegan and all of these things. And you were just also telling me in more in depth about how choice got you to your vegan journey. I just remember catching up and being like, I just feel so happy that we were both in such a really, really, really good place at that time. Still wanting so much, so much of which has already come to fruition now. But it was a place that we were both in where we were really, rather than like yearning for so much, we were both in a place of gratitude and contentment and excitement for what God was going to do. Um, Absolutely. And of course, I went on and tried the TTLA sandwich and I was like, dang, Tabitha. (laughs) Her take, she knew what she was talking about. This is the best. I'm not even vegan. I was like, this is the best sandwich that that has ever been created in the history of sandwich making. It was very good, honey. Changed my life. (laughs) Literally, a sandwich changed your life. How do you make sense of that? Like, how do we... That's when you know it's just God, right? And and he and he want to make sure nobody else get the credit. Mm. So he'll make things happen that seem crazy. Like how a sandwich changed somebody's life. He was like, I got to be able to get the credit for that. I, only I should be able to get the glory. Mm-hmm. And so it can't nobody say, oh, I booked her for something. Oh, I had her do this. Now, I was sitting in my car driving Uber and stopped to get me some breakfast. 
and and the rest is history on that. That's the thing. So. I just feel like things that we do sometimes in life that seem that seemingly are very run of the mill are extraordinary for God. And they mm-hmm. have to come off as run of the mill because like you said, that's how we give him the glory. It doesn't make any other, we can't give it to any anybody else than him because it doesn't. That's right. Wow. Wow. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could, would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. You like to watch new stuff, right? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new. Because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like Vanderpump Villa, the new docudrama starring Lisa Vanderpump, where first-class luxury meets world-class drama. A new season of The Kardashians starring The Kardashians, of course. And Grand Cayman, Secrets in Paradise, the sizzling new reality show set in the tropical Caribbean. It's all new and it's streaming now on Hulu. Well, I want to start at the beginning. Tab, what has Eden, North Carolina given you? Oh, girl, foundation, right? You know, born and bred. All my family still is in Eden. My daddy and my sister, you know, that's everything. Mm. It's where I first performed. I did all my first in Eden, North Carolina. You know, so many things uh, Eden gave me and it still gives me. You know, you see the most beautiful building, the most uh, amazing homes. If you don't have a foundation, honey, they'll crumble. Mm. And so Eden is part of my foundation. It gives me a lot. It gave me my husband, Mm. you know, so it's everything for me. I know you're very close to both of your parents and your mother is obviously still with you, but she's not on the earthly plane anymore. But what would you say is the greatest lesson you carry with you that your mother gave you? Oh, grace and compassion. Mm. Giving people grace and giving them compassion. My mother was a very graceful woman and she was very compassionate. She saw the good in everybody. And she was a social worker, but she was also a pastor. Mm. And she literally believed everyone had something good to offer. And I carry that in my spirit, right? And I try and strive every day to be just a little fragment of the good that she was. Wow. And giving grace to people, um, giving compassion to people, to all living things. So yeah, grace and compassion. Mm. What about your father? What's the greatest lesson? Oh, my, my daddy, honey. You know my daddy's girl. <laughs> yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> yes. Um, patience and hard work. Mm. My daddy worked for 48 years at a meal, and he only missed 12 days of work Whew. in 48 years. What? Right. And so hard work was just instilled in me. Um, but also if you enjoy it, if you love it, then it's not work. Yeah. And to also be patient. His dream was always to own a barbershop. He'd been cutting hair since he was 12 years old. Mm. He was 65 when he finally opened his first barbershop. Mm. He had the patience, but it still came to pass. So patience is definitely something I learned from him. And, you know, humor. We laugh <laughs> every day. We joke every day. You know, me and my daddy, we cut up. So, but Yeah. Wow. He opened his barbershop at 65 years old. 
Yeah, absolutely. So you you come from people who believe that anything's possible and that society can't put a time limit on our dreams. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Was there a time that you truly were like, I can't do this anymore? And I mean, literally, like, I just, this is going to break me if I do this another day. If I pursue this thing that I feel like I'm not yielding a return from. Did you ever feel like that? I've never had that. I've had moments where I thought I missed out on my opportunity and that I wouldn't be able to do it. Right? Not because it broke me, but because I convinced myself the first time um, because I got pregnant at a young age. And I was like, dang, I ain't gonna be able to pursue acting now because I got a baby. I'm back home in North Carolina. Like, you know, I'm gonna just work this regular job and I'm gonna be with my husband. We're gonna just live this regular life. And I got to be okay with that. But inside of me, there was something still brewing Mm -hmm. and God wouldn't let me quit. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I woke up one morning. I was literally, it felt like an earthquake hit Greensboro, North Carolina. And so it was 03 and my, or actually maybe actually been 02, my bed shook and it felt like an earthquake. And I woke up and I heard a voice that sounded like thunder. Mm. And the voice said, this is not the life I planned for you. Because I had been living there for almost three and a half years because I had moved back from California because I had went to California trying to pursue my dreams in 98. Not in Los Angeles, down in Orange County, renting a room, getting <laughs> robbed pretty much from, you know, this lady that was renting the room. Yeah. And we were renting a room from and My husband was like, we got to go back to North Carolina. We save up for a year and then we'll move to L.A. because it's cheaper in North Carolina to save money. And I was like, OK, we'll do that for one year. But that one year turned into five years. Wow. Right. And a baby, you know, a marriage, jobs, house, responsibilities, and a true forgotten dream. I took that dream away because I was like, I can't have it now. Like, I, I got all these new responsibilities. But that morning, when my bed shook and I heard that voice, it sounded like thunder. And it's, it was as clear as I'm speaking to you, but very loud. It said, this is not the life I planned for you. I, I was so scared. And I got on my knees and I began to pray. I was like, God, if this is you speaking to me, I need you to show me a sign today or I think I'm going crazy. And I remember telling my husband, we was on our way to Four Seasons, we're going to the mall. And I told him what happened. And he looked at me kind of like, oh, yeah, you tripping. (laughs) And I was like, but I asked God to show me a sign today. So I believe he's going to show me a sign. Mm. And a few minutes later on the radio, the uh, host uh, DJ, his name was Buster Brown. He came on the radio. He was like, hey, this is Buster Brown. I got a new TV show on the WB Network, and I'm holding auditions looking for a female co-host. Girl, I could have, I literally lost it in the car. I was like, there has never, ever been auditions in Greensboro. That's my sign. I got to go to that audition. Wow. And I went to that audition. It was my first audition for television. Mm. I'd never auditioned before, and I booked that job. And that's how I started back dreaming again. And that's, you know, I did that for a year. Uh, I was a like a rolling correspondent. I interviewed all celebrity guests who came to town and I produced my own segments. And I learned how to do that in a year's time. And after that is when I said, now we got to move back to Los Angeles. I got to try to pursue this. And so it was never a time that I was like, I can't do this anymore. It was, I got to keep going. Because in hindsight, if you think about it, if God had said to me, 
you know, when I graduated from high school, if he had said to me, uh, listen, I'm going to give you all of your heart's desires. You can have all of your dreams, but I need you to give me 24 years. I'd have been like, you crazy. Mm-hmm. But, but that's exactly what he did. And I pursued it for this long, over 20 years before things really happened. Wow. Right? Ooh. So, Ooh, time. Yes. So a lot of times we can't, we don't even know when we're in our waiting season. Right. And I think that's what happens for a lot of people. They think, you know, there was many times that I would feel stuck and I wouldn't understand. And I would cry and I'd be like, God, what are you doing in this season? Like, why? You couldn't have just brought me this far just to leave me here. Like, what is happening? I've had many of those days, but it was never a time where I was like, I this is going to break me. Sickness. Mm-hmm. Right. Other things that I've been that I've went through. I felt that. But never when it came to my dreams. OK, that is one of the most amazing stories I've ever heard in my entire life. I have I have some questions, <laughs> though, because mm-hmm. so we're going from there's the thunder voice, right? It's God saying, this is not the life I had planned for you. And he gave you the sign that you prayed for. You then immediately yeah. went into what felt like living your dream at that time. Mm-hmm. I know that then there was a long period after that, that it felt like, you were back to not living your dream. So what did that period feel like? Were you frustrated with God? Were you like, why would you give me this? And then now I feel like I'm back striving. And almost feel, Did it feel like you were almost having to start from the beginning again? Well, I did start, yeah. start from the beginning, right? Yeah. So I did that for about a year and a half. And then I moved to uh, back to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. October of 04, right? And my thought was, I have heard the voice of God. I've been doing this, this producing and hosting for over a year. I got to get to Los Angeles. It was calling me. Mm. And so you think that when you get there, something has to be waiting. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, you want nothing waiting, okay? But high rent, okay? Very expensive rent, okay? But, but I had a dream. Mm. I just, I was like, something has to be there. Yeah. So when I got there, I wasn't there six months and my mama got sick back in North Carolina and she was diagnosed with ALS. So everything stopped again. And I went back home, back and forth for the next three years until my mother passed away to help take care of my mama. And even during that season of going back and forth, I was still in acting class. I was doing everything that the reason I moved to L.A., I didn't mind starting over. Because I knew I had to learn Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. This is a whole, it's it's a whole new demographic for me, right? And I also understood that I'm not the only person who came to LA to pursue a dream. The pool is way smaller in North Carolina, but in LA, oh, it's a huge pool, right? And so I was like, I just got to figure it out. So I was auditioning. I was booking little jobs here and there, but then I would go back home and help take care of my mama. My first jobs in LA were hosting because that's what I knew how to do. Mm. I was interviewing people when the Kardashians first reality show came out. Yeah. I did their premiere part. Come on. I interviewed wow. them on the carpet. <laughs> wow. Wow. Like that was that was my first <sighs> job. Mm. When nobody knew who they were, including me, I was like, oh, that's okay. Like, <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? I, I had to start somewhere and I did not mind. I enjoyed that process. Yes, it was hard. No, I was not making any money, but I also kept a job. I worked at Macy's for five years, right? 
And every day when I worked at Macy's in Century City, girl, I would walk on my lunch break and I would look at CAA and I'd be like, one day, God, I'm going to be at CAA. That's going to be my agent. Mm. That's going to be my agency. I would point to the building and just believe that that was going to happen. I would come home. My husband would tell you this. I would come home from work some days and say, you know, I walked by CAA today. You know, they're going to call me one day. I'm not going to have to I'm not going to have to prove myself. They're going to call me. And literally, that's what happened. Didn't happen then, but it definitely happened two years ago, right? So I never minded the waiting season because what I learned was we got to live while we wait mm-hmm. and work while we wait because we don't ever know when, when our time will come. Yeah. So, but I'm grateful it didn't come when I wanted it to come because I wasn't ready back then. He was preparing me so that when it did happen, I could keep the blessings not lose the blessings. Mm. I wasn't ready for it early on. And so, and what you're calling the 24-year wait, what were you fortified with that made it so that you could keep these blessings and that the blessings would multiply in the way that they are? Well, I had to get to a place of freedom first, Mm. right? Because when I first came to LA, I was looking at everybody And I also had an agent in North Carolina who had told me, because I used to have my hair in locks. And she said, nobody wants to see a black woman with locks. Not on television. Because I had started auditioning and stuff in North Carolina. I would drive to Wilmington just to do extra work. Mm -hmm. Just so I could know what it felt like to be on a set. So One Tree Hill, I would go and and do extra work. And she told me that. So I stripped out my locks. And so then when I got to L.A., I had a little curly natural. And I started going to casting workshops and different things. And they told me, for your skin complexion, your hair needs to be straight. Mm. And you need to make sure that you always mask your accent. Mm. And I had already had that happen to me in corporate America, working for UPS in North Carolina. Always having to cover my accent to be business friendly and never wearing my hair out big and natural, right? And so I really believed that. So I started trying to make sure I adapted a Hollywood look. So I wanted to be a certain size. I was always pretty much starving myself. Mm. And I wore my hair straight. I always covered my accent. And I was trying to fit in. And I did that for so long that I lost myself. Wow. I didn't know who I was, right? And I'm also very young at this time. You know, I'm in my 20s. I'm newly married. I'm a new mom. I'm going through this transition of life with my, my mother passing away. I'm all over the place. And I'm still just trying to be seen in Hollywood because I want to look like everybody else. This is what they like. So let me try to look like this. Had I not went through that long journey of self-discovery and realizing, wait a minute, girl, all these years you've been doing this, honey, you're not free. And you deserve to be free. And also me trying to look and be and sound like everybody else is also me telling God, you didn't do a good enough job on me. Mm. And I I couldn't do that anymore, but I had to get to a very dark place and sickness in order to realize that those are the things that he equipped me with so that I could get to freedom, that I could get to understanding, that I could get to tab, right? So that I know who I am and I won't settle for anything less than me, than truth. And now I can keep the blessings. God can't bless who you pretend to be. Mm. Yeah, it doesn't work like that. He just can't. He just can't. You may think it is, but those are the things that you're making happen, right? And I had a lot of small victories over the years, but nothing like the victories that I have now that I'm me. 
that I'm my authentic self. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. What was it about that time when you were sick? tab and talk to us a little bit about that time and what it meant for you. But what was it about that time that helped you get closer to becoming more free and being more authentically who God created you to be? The truth is desperation, Mm -hmm. right? I was desperate to feel better. I had been sick for a year and a half. I had been to so many doctors, I can't even count. I had a headache on the back of my head for a year and seven months. Every day it rested there. Some days I felt okay, but most days I felt terrible. And I was still lying on social media or out pretending to be okay. I was at a very dark place in my life. And I went to so many doctors with no answers, so many tests and MRIs and blood work. And I would take any drug that they offered me because I was desperate to feel better. I was like a guinea pig. And I really thought God had forgotten about me. And so I went into my bathroom and my prayer was, this is going to be my last call out to you. Mm. And this is going to be for real this time. And I got in my mirror and I was really trying to be in search of my soul because they said the only way you can see your soul is through your eyes. And so I just cried out to God and I said, if you heal me, you can have me. Mm. And I ain't going to try to live my life my way anymore. I will simply live it the way you created me to live it. And I meant it. And I truly gave myself to him that day. And when I walked out the bathroom, I just felt different. Mm. I can't explain it. It just felt like something lifted from me. But I also knew now I got work to do. So I started taking layers off every day from that day. And it's just been a, a journey ever since. I still take layers off. It's been five years and I'm still taking layers off. Because the thing about healing, right, Healing is not permanent. Healing is a journey Mm -hmm. because you can still be triggered from things that you thought you were healed from. Yeah. Right. So I'm still on my journey every day and I have to check myself throughout my day sometimes. But that's what changed. That's what made me say, I choose Tab. Mm. I choose me. And a lot of times I feel like I was so sick because I was suffocating the true me. I couldn't breathe. It's all connected. It's all connected. Mm -hmm. And that makes complete sense. It makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Is is there a layer tab that has been extremely difficult to take off, to to shed yourself from? Um, I think a lot of them are difficult. Yeah. Right. There's been moments where it felt like I had to reintroduce myself to friends that I've made in Los Angeles. Mm. Right. Zainab Johnson is one of my best friends. I love her dearly. And she and I have been friends for a very long time. And I remember when I used to work at like a nine to five office job and I would sometimes go on my lunch break and talk on the phone. And I remember talking to Zainab and my daddy called and I had to click over. I told her, hold on. I click over. I'm talking to my daddy. Mm, I already know what you're about to to say. Right. When I clicked back over, she was like, hello. I was still in my Mm. normal voice that I talk at home with my husband and my, you know, and she was like, girl, you are. 
I did not know, like, I didn't even know it was you. You sound so country. <laughs> and I realized in that moment, not even my closest friends know my real voice. Because mm. I had created this person that I thought I had to be for everybody. And it bothered me. I, it bothered me for, God, probably two years. Wow. That I, I was like, dang, I hate that my friends don't truly know all of me. Yeah. And so when I made a decision to not cover my accent anymore and to just truly be who I am when I'm with my daddy and my sister and my family, it was almost like uh, that layer was hard because I didn't want my friends to feel like they couldn't trust me. Mm -hmm. Like I had lied to them all this time. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I love my friends. My village is so strong. They're like, girl, we we know your heart. Your heart didn't change. Yeah. and then, and then the going joke would be like, but you know, when you used to get tired or if you had something to drink, your real voice would always come out anyway. <laughs> we just didn't want to say nothing. <laughs> we just didn't want to bother like, you. <laughs> girl, you get country when you had a little something to drink or when you tired. Because you know, when you tired, you can't, like you're exhausted. You're going to say, you're going to talk how you really talk. Baby, I was like, all right. So, but that was, a, that was tough for me. But that was because I didn't know who I was. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was in a in this place of, of misunderstanding for myself. Um, and then just to be able to say, oh, this is who I am now every day. Yeah. Girl, it's so it's so freeing. OK, so you have peeled back these layers. You're doing the healing. You're healing yourself physically, mentally, spiritually. And you're really clear about hunkering down and being your true self because you said you were going to give it to God, right? What was the first, I guess, spark of like, oh, this is working. Oh, wow. Me being fully tab in every sense of the word is yielding Mm -hmm. me the results I have always prayed for. What was that first glimmer? Cooking live on Facebook. Okay. Before I ever went viral for the TTLA sandwich, I had begun to cook live like August of 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, God had spoke to me and told me to, to start doing videos. And when I became vegan, he was like, now tell people what you're eating. I was like, oh Lord, I'm so scared <laughs> to do this. But okay. And so as I started, I would I was a little f- afraid in the beginning to give them all of me. But as the weeks went by, you know, I covered less and less. I became more and more free. And I would just read the comments and the people, you know, responded. And listen, it, it don't don't be confused by the numbers I have now. We talk in 2017 when it'd be like 300 people. <laughs> 30 people are watching the live. Yeah. But it would be people who di- I did not know. And they would say things like, man, you are like my sister. You know, you feel like my mama or, you know, my auntie. And it's, you're so relatable. Like I was just in a, a freedom walk. Mm. And I was like, wow, just being tapped is okay. And I I saw it in that moment. I was like, I think this is working. I don't know why God has me doing this, but for whatever reason, I'm going to just, I'm going to show up and I'm going to be obedient. Um, but those were the moments that I started to realize that people do like this tab just for being regular you know, just for being tabbed. Mm. Well, you know, what I'm what I'm hearing as you're saying this, though, is that most importantly, you're being obedient. You're, it sounds like ever since God 
woke you up in the middle of the night or in the in the early in the wee hours of the morning and you heard the voice that that was his that sounded like thunder you've been trying to say god you don't have to remind me in the same way again you don't have to wake me up that that loudly that aggressively i'm going to be more obedient and you know you're talking about the opportunity you had when you were in north carolina hosting you're doing that now God told you to start sharing your your food and your recipes. You're doing that now. It it really is just a reminder for myself that like nothing in life is wasted. Nothing's wasted. No. no th- everything matters. Everything matters. Everything matters. Yeah. Just, it's all a yeah. piece of the puzzle. Mm. It's all a it's all a piece of the puzzle. You just have to believe that the puzzle is going to come together. You know what it is? I love that you say puzzle tab because with the puzzle, right? You know that the puzzle box came with all the pieces. You know that it came with the pieces. (laughs) People, it's not like a a known thing that people are complaining about getting puzzles all over the world and they're missing 17 pieces. You have the pieces. (laughs) But sometimes some puzzles you can put together like that. Other puzzles, you're working on it for five years, but you know that it's going to come together because you have all the pieces. And sometimes you instinctively yeah. know where to put the pieces. Other times you have to really sit there and 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 think about it, go to sleep, wake up, think about it again. Sometimes you have to call in a friend to help you. Sometimes you have yeah. to, you know, it's there's a lot of ways <laughs> that a puzzle can come together. But you have to know that you have all the pieces. And I just love, to me, what I'm hearing is that you knew you had all the pieces. So you can't give up. You just didn't know how and when they were going to come together. And for you, it took 24 years to put the puzzle together. And I'm sure (laughs) that you would say it's not even all together. There's still pieces. that. Oh, I'm still putting the puzzle together. Our our whole life is a puzzle, Mm -hmm. right? Our whole life is a puzzle. The puzzle is not complete until we leave this earth. Mm. The the finished puzzle is what we leave behind. Yeah. So we're forever putting our pieces on the puzzle until we're done. I think I've been in such a season where the waiting has felt so tough and Mm -hmm. confusing. But, But everything we're talking about today is just a reminder that it's all a setup. God is yeah. in the business of setups. Set Nothing is yeah. wasted. So I have to know that every day it feels like I'm waiting. God is excited for what he has for me on the other side. He knows that the puzzle pieces are coming together. I might not be able to even see your it. Spirit, mm. Even your spirit knows, mm-hmm. right? It's the flesh who gets misunderstood and is uninformed. But your spirit knows. So that's why some days you can wake up and you're like, I feel really good today. I feel like something good is going to happen. Yeah. You don't know why you feel that. It's like your spirit is just giving you a reminder. Hey, listen, keep going. It's I know what's ahead. Yeah. Right. Because our spirit is connected to the source. It's the flesh that has the, to be about the life of like of doubt, of um, complaining, of being exhausted. You know, th- that's the flesh. But when we get to a place where we can operate truly from our spirit, we realize like, oh, I'm here for a reason. So that's why I'm calm, because now I'm at home. This is where I'm supposed to be. I'm just in a state of gratitude. But my soul and my spirit and my flesh, we're at one. We're at peace because we're like, oh, we know we're on the right path now. Wow. We know this is the journey that God purposed us for. So, yeah. That makes complete sense. <laughs> I actually, I want to quickly... 
I want to talk about your husband. I want to talk about Chance because with my husband, with Daryl, even before I got married, I always knew that I wanted to be with someone that was on the journey with me, that didn't come along Mm. at a time that seemingly everything was together and money was in the bank and things were roses and sunshine. I, I always saw that I wanted us to be able to really look at each other when the big wins came and know that we remembered mm-hmm. where we came from. And I know that that is Absolutely. very much the story of you and Chance. What was the moment when you were able to look at each other and say, we don't have to give up on our dreams anymore. We can both live our dream. What was that moment? Uh, <laughs> I wish Chance was here to tell you this. Mm-hmm. That was that literally was always for me. I would tell him that every day. You don't have to give up on your dreams. But he was so conditioned to, Chance is very much so one plus one is two. I was always the big dreamer. And so for a very long time, he did not believe in my dreams. And he will tell you that he wouldn't believe, you know, I would say, I would wake up and I say, I had this dream. God showed me this. Mm. God spoke to me. He thought I was crazy most days, but he believed in me believing in something. He was like, I don't want to be the person that holds you back from it. So I'm just going to believe that you believe in something. Right. And I'll be here to support you. But I would always tell him, you're not going to retire from LAPD. I'm going to take you out of that job. Like, I would just always tell him, we can dream together. Yeah. But he would always say, we can't do it at the same time because somebody got to pay these bills too, right? Even though I always had a job. But I think the, the moment when he really got it, it was just my first book deal. Mm. Yeah, my first book deal. He was like, okay. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So it was 2020. It was, wow. it was definitely 2020. But was it a moment where you were like, I said that this would happen? Like, I knew it would happen. He said it. Wow. He said mm. it. He, he says it all the time. But this is why I love my husband so much, because he admits that, mm. right? Mm. But the, the one thing that he says consistently is that my wife has proven to me and shown me that God is real. Oof. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's partnership. And if I don't do anything else, that was enough for me. Yeah. That was enough for me, for my husband to acknowledge that God is real, you know, because he did. You know, I grew up in the church. My husband didn't. My husband and I, um, we've been together for 24 years and I was with him when he got baptized. Yeah. So I know the struggles he's had with God. And for him to Oof. be in that space, I was like, that's enough for Tab. Oh, wow. Wow, yeah. Tab. Yeah, you know, I always say sometimes in life, just in general, but particularly in a marriage, sometimes you're the teacher and sometimes you're the student. And sometimes you're going to flip mm-hmm. with different things. There's there's things Absolutely. that chance can teach you and you have to be a student for and, mm-hmm. and vice versa. And so I think that, that nothing is more beautiful than that. That's that's amazing. Yeah. Tab, what has been your takeaway from our conversation today? That I just love you, girl. <laughs> I love you. I'm Tab. so very proud of you for being able to have a conversation like this as women, as black women, 
um, North Carolinians, okay? <laughs> yes, my roots are in North Carolina, okay? That's where my roots are. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, but really, the, the takeaway is that I'm doing something right. Yeah. Right? I'm on the right path and that we got to continue to have these kind of conversations to help other people who are on their journey, who are afraid to take a, you know, the leap into true identity, into authenticity. Um, and so I'm grateful to be a part of this conversation and to, to also be a, as my husband said, as a poster child for freedom. Mm. We deserve, we deserve that. We're worthy of that. And we are enough yes, just as we, we are. are enough. I, you know, I think my takeaway is it's two things. That's one to be even more of who I am, of who God created me to be. I feel like I'm doing pretty well, but I think I can, I can go even deeper. I can go even further. And so I'm going to be working on removing some layers as well. Uh, But then my other reminder is God is real. God is so real, Tab. The fact that I'm sitting here talking to you in the seasons that we are both in, in our lives, um, knowing where we came from. There's no way for me to doubt how good and how real God is. So I just want you to know that I thank you. I love you. And I honor you deeply, Tabitha. And I'm so incredibly proud of you. I really am. I love you too, honey. Thank you. I appreciate you. After the credits, the iconic inspiration who has kept Tabitha going. Stay tuned. Thank you for listening. This podcast is produced by LWC Studios for OWN. The show's executive producer is Juleka Lantigua. Managing producers are Camille Stennis and Paulina Velasco. Editing assistance from Jordan Cowling. Mixed by Kojin Tashiro. Assistant producers are Michelle Baker and Shanice Tindall. If you enjoyed listening to this episode, and we hope you do, please make sure to subscribe, leave a rating, and review wherever you listen to your podcasts to ensure you hear the next one. So which icon from history's journey towards self-love and acceptance has most inspired you? Well, you know, I always say it's my mama, Mm. right? She's my my icon, honey, and she has inspired me. She still inspires me. And so I don't think that will ever change. That's beautiful. Thank you, Tab. Dogs are an important part of our lives, and keeping them protected is a top priority, especially against nasty parasites. That's why you got to check out NextGuard Plus, a Foxaloner, Moxidectin, and Pyrantal chewable tablets. NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease. Plus, it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable. So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Dogs should be tested for existing heartworm infection prior to starting a preventive. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. 
but there's only one McCrispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.